it was a cool story, the firefall, you know, science behind it. But then it turned into why do people even do what they do? Yeah. Um, not even just in the sense of why we drove to California, but why do people want to see things like that? And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. We all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, wherever you are listening right now to the Run the Race podcast. This is Jason Dennis, your host, uh, talking about uh, fitness and faith. And uh, we, uh, you know, we're, we're diving into some adventure, exploring a little bit today um, with, our, with our guest, a, a young man who, uh, who uh, sometimes uh, lives in a van when he travels across the country uh, uh, doing photographs and video of really amazing places. And, uh, you know, this, this all comes after the, uh, the release of a, of a movie, Nomadland, which some of you may have seen, and just won the Oscar for Best Picture, also Best Actress and Best Director, won a lot of awards. And so uh, we're going to talk to our guest, Trey Walker, um, about uh, being uh, an explorer uh, who uh, out, out, you know, uh, outfitted a van uh, similar to what the movie has. We're going to talk to him about, about that van and about uh, kind of life on the road sometimes and taking some uh, uh, photographs and video while he's hiking and climbing and rappelling and also being a part of making movies as well and traveling the world and, and how faith plays a role in his job and, and during this pandemic we're all going through. Uh, but first, I wanted to give you kind of a quick review of that movie. Uh, I was just talking about Nomadland. So after it won the Oscar for Best Picture, I decided, well, I, I want to go watch it. So uh, my wife and I sat down and watched it uh, this week. It, it is a kind of a slow movie, but it's it's haunting in, in a good way. Uh, the acting is great. Uh, they had some uh, real-life nomads that were a part of the movie and hired to be in the movie. Of course, the Academy Award winner now, Frances McDormand, plays Fern. And uh, the story goes she, she loses everything in the Great Recession. Her company and her town and, and in this rural part of Nevada, uh, just breakdown, collapse, you know, no more town anymore. And so she takes this journey in a van across the American West. And uh, she becomes kind of a van-dwelling, modern-day nomad and uh, kind of, you know, leaving behind the uh, creature comforts of, of society and, and, you know, the conventional stuff that we that we have today. And they have a spiritual leader, Bob Wells, uh, and uh, they, uh, you know, have a lot of different things. It's kind of more fact than fiction, I guess, honestly. She says she's not homeless, but she's houseless. Um, but I don't want to give away the ending or anything like that. No spoilers here. But it's really interesting because the way I interpreted it and talking to my wife about this, Nomadland, you know, she goes out um, after losing everything, her town, her job, or her husband has passed away. Uh, She goes out to to seek adventure and seek a new life out there as a nomad. Um, But you you would think that's that's freedom, right? That that she has a freedom kind of to do what she wants, go wherever she wants to go. No, No strings attached. But in reality, she's not really free at all because she still has that grief from losing the job, the town, especially her husband. 
and she has not dealt with that grief. And, and so she's been focused on remembering them and not, uh, I guess, kind of moving on. And you can still remember them and have that grief. But, you know, years later, you have to move on with your life, in, in my opinion. And, and so I think that she... Um, you know, she has to deal with that in, in a new way. And I think that I'm um, coming back and uh, that's where she breaks the chains of that. And uh, being the nomad doesn't mean she's free. And, and uh, for me, you know, my opinion and my belief is that the only way you're truly free, whether you're a nomad or, or working, you know, uh, a regular job and work, living in a house, uh, you're the only, you're the really the only way you're truly free is through Jesus. And uh, because we always feel like we're missing something, right? That there's a void in our life. And we try to fill it with, you know, activities and awards and our work life and and that kind of thing, and uh, traveling, and, and those things are all well and good, and making money is all well and good, but, you know, really, that, that hole that we all have, Jesus is the only one that can fill that, in, in, in my opinion, and so you can interpret this movie every want, but I, I encourage you to go see Nomadland. It's about an hour and a half. Uh, again, very kind of slow moving, but it just really shows you a part of life that uh, maybe you don't get to see, and we all have that sense of adventure. We want to go out and, and explore, and uh, that's what my guest for this episode of the podcast uh, does on a regular basis. Uh, he's in his mid-20s, so a young man uh, here in Columbus, Georgia, who uh, says he is a photographer, explorer, and influencer. And uh, he grew up in this area, and he went to Troy University, and he got his uh, bachelor's degree in communications. He's the former co-founder and co-contributor to the Columbus Collective in 2019. Also created some roundtables and also had a um, here and there, a gallery of adventure in 2018. Some great photos there. Um, in his bio, it says, Trey Walker draws his inspirations from his life coming from a single-parent household and by connecting the human spirit with the extraordinary audacity nature provides. So currently, he's he's focusing a little more on video lately than still photography, uh, but he's working with some movies lately as well and loves hiking, climbing, a lot of outdoor activities. Just got married about a year ago, and he actually has a house that they live in, but they also have this uh, really cool van they spent several months in making into kind of a, a home on the road. So we're going to hear about that and a lot more from my friend Trey. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, my friend, Trey Walker, to the uh, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and uh, you're, you're about half my age, right? You're, are you in your mid-20s, is that right? Yeah, mid-20s. Okay, young sure. man. you got your full life ahead of you, and, and you've got, uh, I, I saw on your Facebook page, your, your title uh, is, subtitle is Creator, Adventurer, and Storyteller. That's, that sounds like an exciting life. Yeah, you would think so. It is. It is very funny because it's. I always get, man, where where you been at, or what's going on, and I've been in town this whole time. And so, like, don't let Facebook fool you. I I do consider myself a creator, a storyteller, and an adventurer, of course. But I am also, you know, like a human being who, That's right. who has to work and has to do other things. <laughs> Pay the bills, go go, be a substitute teacher, those kind of things. Yeah, that is that is a, a new one for me. Um, <laughs> and I only did it because, you know, I was like, hey, let's try this out. Because I'm always going to try something at least once, right? Whether it's food or a job or whatever. I was like, hey, I'll do it. Tried it. Don't think I'm going to be a full-time teacher ever. So, which is, <laughs> yeah. That's not ever going to be a Trey Walker slash teacher 
whatever. No, nope, not, <laughs> not happening. And, and, you know, home for you is Columbus, Georgia. I uh, grew up here. and But we're going to talk uh, on, on this chat about your uh, trips to Iceland, um, Italy, Korea, uh, California, out west, and uh, um, and kind of living in a van when you go out pl- different places, and mm-hmm. uh, your your amazing photography and and your love of the outdoors because I know you do rappelling and and hiking those kind of things, and and also talk about um, your love for for music and, and your involvement in the faith community. But first, um, you know uh, we we just had the Oscars, and Nomadland was the winner of the Best Picture, and actually I just saw it myself, and it's about a you know a woman who goes out and in a van outfitted mm-hmm. that she outfits and kind of lives out there in in the world and i understand that you um bought a van and uh your your wife uh new wife caroline has mm-hmm. uh, named it gibby the van yes. and so you you spent a couple months kind of renovating or making it where you can kind of actually like a like a mini rv so tell me about how why you did this i guess so it all started when we were living um in the the lofts at the Riverwalk, which are formerly known as the Johnson Mill lofts. Um, and this was like a year and a half ago. And I had always wanted a van. And COVID was about to, you know, really take effect in the city where stuff was shutting down. And so I was like, all right, this is now the perfect time to let's make that dream come true, you know. Um, so we bought a van. It's an old 2004 um, Ford Econoline. But it's an old non-emergent ambulance. Um, so when we bought it, it had five or six rows of seats in it, a uh, wheelchair lift, um, a bunch of ambulance stuff. And um, this is like the old Saturday Night Live skit, a van down by the river, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we actually bought it from an old, uh, well, not an old, but a a emergency transport company. And so I was like, cool. I know it's been taken care of. It was never really driven above 65 miles an hour, and it wasn't driven super fast, you know, very quickly trying to get to an emergency. It was just from transporting patients from hospital to wherever. And so the very first month, I was super pumped, right? I was like, yes, got the van. I started ripping everything out. Um, I got it, you know, the wheelchair lift out, all the seats out, bare bones. And then COVID hit, and... I, you know, I'm a full-time photographer, and so when COVID hit, everything just kind of fell off, you mm-hmm. know, and I, you know, I had, I respect it, I understand the process of what happened, but I didn't have the money to finish the van, because I bought the van, and then everything just went crazy. Um, work work kind of just shut down. Work just quit, and so I, you know, I, I had to get a part-time job somewhere, um, and then I just didn't have the time between the part-time job and, like, the little gigs I did get. Um, and so I just kind of did that. And um, it was after our trip to California this year, um, we stayed in a van, my buddy Justin's van, and we s- slept and ate and hung out in this van for 11 days, something like that. Wow. And his van is not as big as mine. So three dudes in a van that is like the size of the office we're in just imagine that that sounds very smelly yeah (laughs) once you get like three four days in now you kind of just you're used to it you're you're out there living that life and um it was after that i was like okay i gotta finish the van and within i want to say six weeks i had 
the floor's done, the wall's done, the solar panels installed, the batteries installed. Um, you got a bed and a fridge in a there? A bed, a fridge. I mean, it was like boom, 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 like as soon as I got back. And then now anytime we go anywhere, that's what we take because you can just jump in the back of it, go to sleep if you need to, sit back there and edit if you need to. you got a fridge. You've got uh, really anything you need. You just think about it like an RV, you know? Now, you and your wife, you've been married for a little more than a year now. Yep. And so when you take vacations, is this going to be, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to go on a vacation with Gibby the van? Yes. Gosh, not Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to name it Dino uh, because I wanted to wrap it in this, like, um, I don't know what kind of green it is, but like a military green. Sure. Well. So how did it get the name Gibby? I don't, you know, I really don't know. So that that's, um, a, that's a Caroline thing. We'll have to find yeah, that out. You're it was right. literally like. I want to name it Gibby. And I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> and she just kind of started asking people, hey, what do you, what name do you think? And it just was like, Gibby kind of stuck. And one day I was like, sure, we'll name it that, whatever. <laughs> um, and so it's just stuck. But, you know, I still want to wrap it. We can still call it Gibby. But, you know, Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what, what, I mean, is it, now, now that it's kind of done and, and you know, a, a year later or a few months later of all this work you've done, um, do you, are you excited about like taking it across the country and, and kind of living that nomad life where you're able to shoot some really amazing video and, and photography, that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, now we do own a house too, so I don't want anyone thinking, Hey, we're just, <laughs> we're, we ever shoot with us in Columbus, we're going to hop out a van. You're not you're not nomads, truly. We're not yet. So I like to call it, um, oh gosh, like weekend warriors type stuff. Okay, so like all right. people who use the weekend to go out. And me being a full-time photographer, I have a little bit more leeway in my schedule. I can leave for a week. I can leave for two weeks and then come back like nothing happened. My wife, she's a full-time teacher. Um, so we kind of have to, we, we live and work off her schedule and I work with, within the schedule I'm given. Um, but as far as like, you know, taking a trip, whatever, we're just hopping in the van, we're going, um, I'm super excited for it. I mean, it's not every day that you don't have to spend three to $400 on a hotel room or the biggest thing is like food. We just go somewhere, we buy groceries, we put them in our fridge like we would do at home. And you have a microwave or like a stove top in there or so we've got a, we got a cook stove. Okay. Um, and so the, the solar panels I have are the solar, the wattage would not be able to power a microwave. It would just kill the battery super quick. Um, but I have enough to power a AC unit, a, um, like six lights, a refrigerator, um, and anything I plug in up, up to the inverter just my phone my computer whatever it all works but microwaves are one of those things that just pull so much power and continuously always pull so much power yeah so cook stove we use propane um just cook it right up and a lot of times i buy like sandwich stuff so i don't even have to cook it and just put it together make a sandwich go um especially when we're hiking i mean we want something we can throw in a bag and go we don't want to have to like pull out the cook stove and then the propane because when you're hiking the trails that we hike i mean every little bit of weight matters oh yeah and so i can be okay i'm gonna bring ramen but then i gotta bring a cup cook stove propane some water that i'm not gonna drink 
Or I can bring a sandwich, and then the only thing I put back in the bag is the bag, you know, the little sandwich baggie. So that's kind of how we do that. Yeah, and I know there's you know a lot of talk is about about nowadays, especially about like living a simple life and, mm-hmm. and kind of minimalist type stuff, and and even back to like you know. You know, on this podcast, we talk about faith going back to the, the biblical days, you know, obviously there was not cars and, and things like this, but, but it was just people kind of living in the land and traveling and, and Jesus going, you know, everywhere, uh, kind of on foot essentially. Mm-hmm. And you're not relying on, you know, the, the creature comfort. So for you, is that kind of part of the appeal of it? Just kind of going out and, and, um, you know, kind of adventure seeking. Yeah. So like even, like, growing up, I was always, like, I really want this, I really want that, a bunch of materialistic stuff, whether it be a car, a motorcycle, um, whatever. Now it's, like, I'm much happier with the little things in life and doing, like, if I get to see a good sunset that day, even if I'm just driving across the bridge, I'm, like, today was a good day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of turned into the little things. Like, even in our house, we don't have a ton of furniture. We have just what we need. You know, a bed, we have a couch, which we don't ever go in the living room, so I don't know why we have a couch. Um, And then in my office, I have a bunch of, like, camera stuff, but I use it for business, so, like, I can justify having a bunch of camera stuff. Sure. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, when we travel and stuff, we're not not those that, like, have to go to the, the store and, like, buy, like, a bunch of souvenirs. It's like... I'll pick up, like, in Iceland, I picked up a, a black rock from the, the black sand beaches, and I was like, this is my souvenir. This yeah. is all I need. Um, but I also take photos, so, like, I guess <laughs> I guess I get a little bit more out of it than, um, you know, a T-shirt, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what you, you take from those trips is, is those, those photos. You go a long way deep into places to get that photo mm-hmm. that maybe others wouldn't be able to get. Uh, and so we got a lot to talk about today, but um, like I kind of prepared you for, we have a fast four, some rapid yep. fire questions to get to know Trey Walker a little bit. So uh, he's rolling up his sleeves, getting ready for this. <laughs> so first of all, what is your job description, both at work and at home? I know you uh, you carry a lot of titles, I guess, now. Yeah. So <laughs> the easiest way to put it is I call myself a creator because I do photo, video, um, I've done art galleries, art installations. Um, I built a van. Um, but as far as like the line between work and home, I work from home. So like, there's not really a line. I'm always working. Yeah. Um, I guess I could say husband. Is that a sure? Is, yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that, right? Do, do you have a, certain jobs you do as husband? Uh, um, chores. Yeah, I do all the yard work. Okay. All the car stuff that we need done on the cars. Good. And um, when you have time, what is your kind of routine to stay physically fit? Because you're you're kind of you're a fit kind of skinny, you know, twenty something guy. Mm-hmm. So do you do something like gym or running or hiking things like that? So I hate the gym. Okay, hate. Okay, okay. like That's, but that you're probably with the majority of folks. Okay. Well, my my hate <laughs> with the gym is like. I prefer to be in the sunlight, outside, sure. um, 150 feet uh, up on a mountain, going down the mountain on a rope, and then having to climb back up yeah. said mountain. Sure. Um, and that's my workout. Not like Jacob's Ladder machine. You want to mm-hmm. like do the real thing. Yeah, I okay. want to feel the, the earth on my hands and on my feet. Um, but if I can't do that, I usually – I had a habit a couple weeks ago where I would ride my bike from my house – all the way to downtown, go all the way to the historic district in downtown, do
do like two or three squares blocks or whatever um and then go all the way back so i ended up doing like eight to ten miles a day yeah um and i would just get up in the morning and go do that and, and that's still outdoors and you yeah, get to yeah. see see things so. and um yeah i would do that or i will go hike um and like i'm always told like um you know my my metabolism is super fast so all this cardio that i'm doing apparently isn't good um <laughs> And I, I grew up like super skinny and, and short and, um, you know, didn't really eat a whole lot. So nowadays I'm like, I can slow down a little bit so I can gain a little bit of weight. Maybe that could be good. Um, get the, get the, get the, uh, eventually the dad bod maybe. Yes. That's the goal, right? And we got to get there somehow. I mean, the shoes, the, the way we dress and then the bod is, is sure. the icing on the cake. Th- but that's, that's the next step for you. Yeah, but, like, there's some days where my exercise is literally just going outside and playing basketball um, because I have a lot of, like, pent-up energy throughout the day. And then some days, because I'm editing, you know, on the computer, just sitting there. Sitting, yeah. Um, And so some days I'm, like, if I'm waiting on an export or I'm waiting on something to upload or offload, I'll just go play basketball for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then if it's not basketball, it's, like, running around the yard with my dogs. So... (laughs) Super, like, as long as it's not the gym, I can find some way to be active. <laughs> well, you, 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 a lot of people can relate to that. Um, is there anything for you, you know, I know that you, I mean, for you, it's so inspiring, some of the photos you do and some of the places you get to go see. Do you have any kind of spiritual or inspirational motto or mantra, something that, that, that you live by? Yeah, so I've actually got it tattooed on me, um, which I know that's a topic within itself. But yeah. On my I, see, I see you have one on your hand. Uh, it looks like a rose. Or, yeah, that's okay. my wife's birth flower. Okay. Um, but on my rib cage, I have make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, which is Ephesians 5.16. Um, if I'm wrong, just correct me on that. <laughs> but it, it's Ephesians 5.16. Um, and I heard that, I don't remember when, like eight, nine years ago. Um, and I was just like, what does that truly mean? You know, like. What, is, what does that really mean? Not just in the sense of someone saying it, but to me. And, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have that whole uh, typical cookie-cutter family. You know, there was a bunch of evil days in a way to, in a way to put it. Um, and you grew so, up in a, a single-parent uh, household, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I was like, when I got off on my own, I was like, I have to make every single day count. Um, and that's essentially what it means. You know, we got to make the most of every opportunity, no matter what the day throws, uh, throws at us. Cause I mean, every day, if we sit there and think, Hey, this, this thing here is bad. This is, you know, you sit there and linger on what's going to be bad. That's all you're going to find. But if you linger on what's going to be good, what's going to be an opportunity and you shift your perspective, it's just going to make a world of difference. Yeah. Um, and so that's always the, anytime someone says, Hey, what is what is that one quote or what is that one verse? That's the one for me. Yeah, it's so. kind of like seize the day, carpe diem. You exactly. Know? You live life to the fullest. That's that's great. It's You're kind of grabbing life by the horns and you're – because you never know. I mean, like mm-hmm. like literally today may be our last day. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to have those regrets. Um, and the last of the fast four is uh, what is something unique about Trey Walker? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so a lot but of people – Besides Gibby the van. A lot of people don't know this, but um, – I grew up with a, a a growth disease or a growth defect or something. I don't know the scientific term, sure. but I lacked human growth hormone. Hmm. And so growing up, I was naturally shorter than um, my friends, my family. 
And when I say short, I mean like I don't think I hit five foot one until like twelfth grade. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was like really, really short, like all the time. Um, and then boom, all of a sudden I'm like five, six one day and I'm like, Oh, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> and then, um, you, you're pretty tall now, aren't you? Yeah. I think I'm right under six foot, maybe, um, maybe five eleven. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't go home and measure myself anymore every day. I'm like, Oh man, this, the, these shots I've got to take their work and I don't take them anymore. <laughs> um, and a funny story about that. The last time I took them, um, I, you know, I had to take shots every day yeah. for the disease or the defect or whatever it is. And, um, the, I took one and my arm like locked up. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I was eating dinner and my arm like locked up. I was like, yeah, I ain't taking these no more, mom. I'm sorry. You want to be like the winter soldier or Iron Man or something like that? No, gosh, no. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, I would say that's probably like the most unique thing about me. I sure. Mean, I think anyone can take a good photo or a video and um you know so i don't really want to talk about that as much as me being unique in that aspect yeah i would disagree i don't i don't i mean i think anybody can take a photo with their iphone or or a camera but but it's it you have an eye for that and speaking of that um obviously you know one of your chief jobs and titles now is along with being an explorer and you're an influencer as well is is to being a photographer or Mm -hmm. videographer you kind of doing doing both those things so for you how did you get into that was that something that like as a kid or because i know you know obviously you, you used to work here at uh, wtvm yeah where we're at right now so you're you're back in your old stomping grounds from years ago uh, where you were an intern and shot high school football and that kind of thing so how did you you know get into this where you take these amazing photos at these national parks and crazy places so as far as like getting into it you know we all have at least you know myself growing up and then like later generations so like my brother my sister we all grew up with like cell phones um and so naturally like i would just take photos on my phone um 13 14 15 whatever um but i don't think i really was truly like inspired to do more with a photo or more of the video until i remember graduated high school and I found like a DSLR camera in my mom's closet and I was like, Hey, um, what is this? You know, like I'm snooping around. Yeah. What is this type thing? <laughs> and she's like, you can use it, but like, you can't take it with you. So I'm like, how am I, how am I going to use it, but not take it with me? <laughs> um, and eventually like I talked her into, Hey, let me, let me use this. Like, I want to figure this out. Um, and I use that camera for, probably three or four years or something like that um but that was like the initial like that piqued my interest like i would go out with caroline we'd take photos i'd take photos of the family um i learned how to do long exposures on that camera all types of stuff but what really pushed me into photography was my years at troy which troy state for the older people but troy university now um you got your ba in communications there yep And, um, I shot, I think a semester's worth of like football games and basketball games. And the next semester they're like, Hey, you apply for this scholarship. And I was like, okay. And so I apply for the scholarship and I get it. And so I did another semester of, of football and, and, um, basketball and whatever else the newspaper needed. 
And then it was like, okay, this, this could be something I could do. You know, like this is something that could be a career or even just more than a hobby. And then life hit me and it was like, Hey, I have bills to pay. I can't do this all the time. I started managing a, uh, I started working at a McDonald's and then eventually became a manager at the McDonald's. And, um, that took all my time. I mean, I had to stop doing the newspaper because I had to pay my bills, you know, car payment, um, insurance, whatever. Like I was the college student, like who, you know, mom couldn't afford to send me to college plus pay my rent and car payment, you know, whatever else was thrown out there. So, you know, as a college student having to pay like 800 bucks a month and, you know, bills is, is tough mm-hmm. on top of going to school. And I was doing not 14 or 15 hours. I was doing like 18 hours a semester. Oh, maybe, so. maybe one day you could do a documentary on McDonald's, you know, go, go back to oh, Lord. you get behind the scenes of how they make their uh, burgers. I think, I, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't think I ever want to step foot in a McDonald's in that way again. Um, but yeah, like college was it for me. It was like, Hey, this is make or break. And I remember my senior year was when, um, Mr. Loris was like, Hey, we're going to offer you an internship at WTVM. And I was like, no way is this is this dreams coming true and um yeah and like after the internship it was like Dave Plata was like hey we need someone for sports and I was like I know sports and boom one thing led to another and and I did that for I think a year year and a half or something Mm -hmm. and then um just kind of took off with photography full-time and been doing that ever since 2019 or something yeah and 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 now for the last couple years i guess kind of pre-covid especially you've gotten to travel to some really uh, amazing places i Mm -hmm. mean and this you know this was some of this before you got married and and you kind of were kind of hanging out with the boys and and uh, you know you you were telling me you've been to some i mean a lot of places so i mean iceland korea california utah italy so for you kind of any certain place or, or national parks stand out to you? I know there's been, like, there's a whole list for you. Yeah. But for you, like, is there something that was like, man, that is, like, you got to go there. You know? So I'll give you two categories. Okay, two. International travel and then U.S. Uh, continental 48. Sure. Okay, all right. I won't include Hawaii or Alaska because I've not been yet. Okay. Um, You've been to how many states now? <laughs> I don't know. 20 or 30? <laughs> Somewhere in probably the high 20s. Wow, okay, um, cool. So here in the U.S., I think everyone needs to at least once go to Utah and do the Mighty Five. In a list of like one to five for those, it would definitely be Zion for me first. Canyonland second because I think it's super underrated. Um, then the Grand Canyon because it will blow your mind. I mean, just walking <laughs> out there and seeing it, you're like, there's no way this is real. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then um, arches because you can't beat the arches out there. Um, I mean, we have one in Alabama. Yeah. They got like 30 just in that park, you know. <laughs> um, and then Capitol Reef because Capitol Reef's real low key. It's one of those places where like, if you really want to do some cool hikes, you got to like loop around the park and go to the dirt roads which is fun but a lot of people just drive through yeah um but for international i would say iceland's hands down over and over and over again no matter if you ask me four years ago if you ask me today or you ask me 
six years from now, I say Iceland because... It sounds cold. It's not, though. Okay. Well, I mean, it is, <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoy 60-degree weather, you know, a little small coat, and be able to walk outside. Um, and people are going to think it's crazy, but, like, there was nights where we just slept outside because there's no, there's no like, uh, you know, bugs out there like mosquitoes. There's no, like, flies for real. Um, but... I don't think there's really anywhere on earth that you can go where you pull up to the airport in Reykjavik, you're in the city, then you go down to like the coastal area, and then you drive a little bit further down the coast, and now you're at like a black sand beach, and then across from there is Diamond Beach, which is a black sand beach, but covered in these like pieces of uh, icebergs that are breaking off, and they look like diamonds, and then you drive to the middle of the island, and there's just like sulfur rocks everywhere, like sulfur mountains type stuff. Um, and then there's mountains, there's beaches. Um, you can surf there. I mean, there's so much. And we were only there for, I want to say, seven or eight days. Wow. Um, and that's not enough time at all. And it's just one of those places where, like, if you even get a chance to go for like three days, four days, which is a bit of a flight for that, but go yeah. i mean our first th- three days we were there i don't think we slept hmm. like it was like quick naps in the car while someone else was driving yeah and when we got there it's like all right That's i'm up i don't know what, where we're at i don't know what we're doing but i'm up and it was like bread with cheese sandwiches <laughs> just real quick you know some some carbs or whatever just boom boom let's go um, and I know you're having to kind of, you know, go sometimes deep into where there's not roads to oh get yeah. some of these shots. And you were talking earlier about rappelling and how you kind of like to be outside in nature and, and do some of the fitness stuff there. So when you go on these trips to, you know, Utah or California or even or Iceland and, and uh, places like that, do you do you um, get the opportunity to go? And I mean, obviously, you're doing. I guess the hiking part of it mm-hmm. is is part of the photography, right? Yeah. So naturally, I'm. I think I'm fit because of photography or videography, whichever the trip entails for me to do. Because we're not doing, you know, these little bitty hikes. I mean, a lot of times we'll do an overnight hike. Um, you're not driving in the guy going to the scenic like a little drive through yeah thing. We're, we're wanting to find these places where like no one else can really find them unless you go on the hike or um like for example there's a, a state park in alabama called Chiaha state park mm-hmm. um and it's like my favorite place to go but all the shots that i've been able to get there is from us like rappelling down um or climbing something and getting that shot um and so the 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 fitness aspect definitely is like a big thing i mean we did have a supai which is an indian reservation in uh arizona and um when i tell you i was not prepared i mean thoroughly not prepared going in piece of cake 13 miles just walking and a little bit of rocks and then you get in the valley and it's just like really fine sand so imagine doing 13 miles at the beach Mm. and like you know like it just, for me, that just sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> but you have to leave your shoes on because the sand is so hot. It's like you don't want to walk on it bare feet. Yeah. And it's 13 miles, so you don't really want to, you know, get blisters and stuff. But coming back, and, and so when you get there, right, let me backtrack. When you get there, 13 miles is to the village. Now, if you got money, 
you can take the air you can take the like helicopter um from where you start into the village but trey didn't have the money but, but trey don't spend money on that <laughs> when, my, when my legs work i'm not gonna spend money on that right 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 but if you if you got a little bit of money you can take the horse mm. and or you can do it one way you can ride a horse or you can put your luggage on the horse depends on how much money you got right <laughs> i'm not spending money i'll carry my bag and i had probably 20 more pounds than anyone else due to camera gear yeah um and so i'm carrying a week's worth of food a sleeping bag a tent um an eno clothes um towels like i mean anything you could fit in the bag is probably in there and then my camera gear um but anyway, so you get there, 13 miles in, you're at the village, you're like, oh, thank God. And they're like, <laughs> campsite's another three miles down the road. And wow. You're like, you're like, oh, okay, cool. And so you get there, then you're like, I could really go for like a really cold, refreshing drink. Well, the village has power. Wow. And so you had to hike back to the village. <laughs> and so you, we ended up doing, I want to say, probably like 60 miles that week. Man. Like... Just getting there and back is 26, and so we probably did another 40 just going to trails, going to the village, um, and now no one's going to believe me, but when I say if you got money, you can fly in, so <laughs> we, were, um, we were walking from the, the campsite to the village because um, they had Arizona green teas, and that's like my fave, so I'll, I'll walk three miles for that. Okay. Um <laughs> And so this lady passes by. She's like, hey, don't miss Beyonce later. And I'm like, this lady's delusional. She's she's having a heat stroke or something. She needs to go get in the water, like something. And right as we're like crossing, about to go into the village, helicopters, just, just, just coming in. And I see them like dropping off like, you know, like, I'm not going to say the names of the cameras, but like, expensive fifty sixty thousand dollar cameras hundred thousand dollar lenses i'm like what's going on you know i'm like okay whatever and so i get up and there's this fry bread station right before you get into the village and the guy's like just hang around just just hang here real quick so imagine me and my wife and then like 50 of the locals so you know my 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 skin complexion is definitely sticking out um (laughs) and so he's like just hang out he said You'll fit in. If anyone says anything, I'll say you're with me. I'm like, okay, cool. And what do you know? Beyonce Knowles hops off a helicopter next, and then Blue Ivy's behind her. I'm like, this is, there's no way. <laughs> and so she gets in this little, and she was wearing a mask before masks were a thing. Yeah. Because it's the dry desert. And someone, uh, we tweeted that she was there, and someone said, um, they saw the mask on her face and they were like, I guess she just doesn't breathe in poor people air, huh? Ooh. And I was like, Oh gosh. <laughs> um, but anyways, so that's what, I, that's when I say, like, if you got money, you don't have to do the fitness aspect of things. You could just fly in. <laughs> but she was there filming, uh, the Disney, uh, Lion King music video. Okay. And so like they kicked us out of the, the waterfall that we were at. They were like, yeah, you gotta go. Um, so if you skip the uh, the helicopter, you get those that sixty miles of of uh, enjoyment of walking that kind of thing. And I know that um, you know also uh, I guess 
maybe a second trip for you was to California mm-hmm. to, um, I guess it's a place called Firefall, I think. So tell me about, because you guys have kind of, are putting together a documentary, or you are putting together mm-hmm. a documentary about that because, and it was like, I think you, you were saying that it's, obviously the, the intention was, hey, we're going to feature this amazing place, but then it kind of, like, you know, like a lot of things, it became more about the journey, right? Yeah. So in ev- every year, depending on the conditions, which I'll get to that, um, in, in Yosemite National Park, which is in California for those who have never been, that's another park. If you ever can just go, just go. Um, but every year in the month of February for roughly about 7 to 14 days, um, the way that the sun sets and where it sets in the valley there's a waterfall on the opposite side. And so what happens is the sun comes over, it shoots like right as it's about to dip below the mountainside. You know, those golden, like orange rays that we'll see sometimes here. Just imagine that bouncing in, in the light refracting off of water. Water, yeah. And turning it to make it look like lava. Wow. And so... So it's kind of like a, it looks like a lava waterfall. Exactly. Wow. And so that's why they call it firefall. Um, and if you're you're older than I am, you may have heard, um, especially from people from California, you may have heard of firefall being when they actually threw logs off the mountainside, which they stopped in like the 80s or something. But that was the original firefall. But this one is, to me, more spectacular because, I mean, conditions have to be perfect. You can't have any clouds. It can't be super cold. It has to be warm enough to melt the snow from the top of the the mountain. And you have to have a waterfall. If you don't have a waterfall, you get no firefall. If you have clouds, you get no sun. If you have too cold, no waterfall. So, like, there's all these factors that go into play. And I remember our first, first time going out there, like, they were like, it's not happening this year. We're in a drought. And I was like, gosh, well, we're here. And... We sat there, and, and I remember telling myself at the end of the trip because we got to, um, someone stole my camera, like one of my cameras, mm. in the very first uh, couple of days we were there. And then we went to Sequoia, and I got a concussion. And the very next day, someone broke into our car and stole, wow. like, all of my luggage. No one else's was gone, but my luggage was gone. That's a bad taste in your mouth for Yosemite in California, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's, that's, that was three... I always say things come in threes, and I think that's, like, something that a lot of people do. But, sure. you know, that was three times that something bad has happened. So at the end of the trip, I was like, I mean, imagine, like, concussed Trey getting on a plane, like, needing to probably throw up. At the end, I, was, I got home, and I was like, never going to California again. And uh, it's funny because I was watching the footage the other day, and my buddy Justin was like, I asked the guys, hey, should we do it again this year? And I remember just thinking to myself, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then he goes, you know, we all eventually agreed, but he was like, and they all were just like, yeah, let's do it again. Wow. And we this, went is, again. this is three Alabama boys yep. taking pretty much three days to get to drive mm-hmm. to California, right? Yep. Man. And so Justin drove and we met him in Las Vegas. Um, and so we all just hopped in his van and went up to the firefall and, and, shot a bunch of video stuff like i've not posted a photo from it i posted just like the documentary um what is that called the a picture or yeah, a the, promo. the poster the promo yeah um but as far as like photos i didn't take any photos i did straight video the whole time 
And so the story ends up going from, hey, we're going to tell the story of the firefall, you know, how it happens, the science behind it. And then we get there, and all these California guys are like, y'all really drove from Alabama. Y'all are like, say water, or say say something country for us. And we're just like, <laughs> we're so much more than that, you know? Like, And they're like, hey, do you like football? I bet you do like football. We're just like, yo, we just came out. And obviously they were joking. We all became friends and stuff. But it was funny because they didn't expect for us to come out there. Like, And, you know, I was showing them some of the places we have here in the southeast and they're like there's no way and you know they they were just surprised not only by just us being there but like the photos that we have from the southeast they're like there's no way these places exist and i was like come visit you know yeah there's that because there's this misperceptions about the, the deep south and mm-hmm. there's misperceptions about the west coast too you know so oh, it's yeah. kind of like we we and, and so the there's there can be unity if we just kind of like meet up like that mm-hmm. in random pl- ways right yeah and it was funny because the way we met all these guys was through a buddy of ours named James. And we met James last time we went to California at the Cypress Tree Tunnel, I believe is what it's called. Um, and he just pulls up. He's on his motorcycle, and he just pulls up. He's like, yo, you guys getting any good, you know, cool photos or whatever? We're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're trying. He's like, you mind if I hang out with y'all? And he's probably like 35. You know, so I'm like, I don't care, dude. Like, come hang out. <laughs> and so we ended Just up. Just don't hurt us. You yeah, know? <laughs> I mean, he was super cool. We ended yeah. up, like, swapping Instagrams, and um, we kept up with each other all year. And he messaged us back in February when the firefall happened. It was like, hey, you guys coming out this year? And I remember, like, I don't think so. And I, I literally, like, a week or two before, bought a plane ticket. Um, so I texted him. I was like, yeah, we're coming out. And uh, he was like, okay, cool. Well, I don't know if I'm going yet. Okay, whatever. Well, we get there, and he met, he texts Justin. He's like, "Hey, I'm here. Are you guys here?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Come to come to come to me. Here's my location." And we show up, and he's got him plus like forty other people. And I'm like, "Yo, this is." I thought we were just meeting up with James, and so we ended up making like you know fifty new friends that trip. Um, and we're all connected through Instagram and stuff. And anyways, yeah, that's that's kind of they kind of like helped us create the story because it was like it was a cool story the firefall you know science behind it but then it turned into why do people even do what they do yeah um not even just in the sense of why we drove to california but why do people want to see things like that yeah um what is the urge and i think that's more of the story yeah well that's i mean because it goes to like the kind of the meaning of life and just what you know um, seeing things that, and like you say, like, like what's, what's on your rib cage about kind of living life to the fullest. Mm. And when you go to these places, whether, you know, Iceland or California, Utah, and, you know, um, do, do you kind of think about, man, I can't believe, you know, this is like God's beauty. I mean, do you just, do you just sit back? I mean, I know you have a lot, a lot of times a, a camera in your hand, but do you kind of just sit back and say, man, this is just, you know, just uh, just awe-inspiring you know what i'm looking at right now yeah so that's something i've i've really like had trouble doing when i first started doing photos was like learning when to put to put the camera down um and one of my my favorite musicians uh dallas green at a concert he says um you know we got to stop you know trying to remember it so badly that we forget it Mm -hmm. meaning documenting it with a phone or a camera 
that we forget to live in the moment. Sure. And I was like, that is like, when I heard that, I was like, God, man, like, that is me. That is me. It hits you. Yeah. And I was like, that, that is me with the camera, you know, like, and so like now I make a point, um, just to kind of take a day, you know, a day or two during the trip and just not even really pick up the camera. Um, like in Iceland was, was really when I was like, I need to take in this. I don't need a photo every time. Um, and in the middle of the sulfur fields, which if you've ever been to a sulfur field, you know, they don't smell great. I just laid there. I mean, you know, just took it all in, laid there. Um, same in California. I remember one night the, the firefall was happening and I was like, okay, I got footage of it. Do I need it again? And I just was like, was less focused on the firefall, but more about the people around me. I was like, I want to see how they act. You know, I want to, sure. I can see this, you know. But, like, how do people, when something like this happens, what is their, like, what what shows on their face, you know, like, what happens? And um, I think I got a lot out of that, just taking that in. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, humans, we, we like to do things. I mean, we like to be entertained. We like to have our mind taken off of things. And so I think when it's a purposeful way of taking our mind off of something, like watching a sunset or... Um, whatever it may be for you, like, I think you should take the time to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, taking these trips and, and seeing, you know, these, being able to take these photos deep into parks and places that a lot of people don't get a chance to go does, for you, does it, um, kind of change or affect like your faith and you know, faith in God, faith in humanity, just kind of, you know, your idea of the world and, 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 you know, and, you know, higher things. Yeah, so, you know, like I was saying, growing up, we didn't really travel. We went to the beach sometimes, um, but I remember it hit me probably sometime last year. I was like, there's no way I'm able to do this, you know, and literally that made a caption on Instagram, like, I don't know how I'm able to do it, and the only way I can put it is is God. Like, I don't know how else I'm still here, you know, like, sure. um, just in general living life, I don't know how I'm still here. But to be able to do what I'm doing now, I I just can't fathom any other way. You know, like obviously, like people would argue work ethic and 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 money. Yeah. But you know, I, I have a good work ethic, but I don't claim to have money. You know, I never never want to have money. I want to have experiences. Yeah. And so, like I think once you kind of reach that level of hey, it's not just me. It's got to be something else. Then you're like what you start to explore the well what else could it be mm-hmm. you know is it is it god or is it money or is it worth ethic and at the end of the day most of that stuff can get stripped away and what happens when that's left you know yeah so it's kind of what the pandemic's taught us right yeah <laughs> and you know you have these god-given gifts and talents and you hopefully use that to, to teach others to inspire others and unity diversity is important to all of us but for you you know especially like here in columbus georgia and east alabama kind of the arts music photography mm-hmm. all that stuff being open to everyone and have everyone having access to it um, as a young man, you know, how important is that for you, to, to you to make sure that like, Hey, like you can get involved in this. And because, you know, sometimes art is and photography seems like such a, a highbrow thing mm-hmm. at times. So just speaking with photography, usually the way I put it is, do you have a phone? You can get involved. Um, because most of our phones have a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I bought my phone for the sole reason of the camera it has. Um, and I, that's how I started, you know, like, and that's how I know a lot of people have started is on their phones. And I actually got a phone call yesterday from a, um, a senior at a local high school who's wanting to do a, a mentorship. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, <laughs> sure. And so like, even in like, when you speak of just arts in general, you know, music, uh, painting, photography, whatever, um, we actually sat down, um, me, Tony Pettis and a few other people sat down and, um, Tony was, um, tasked with getting a group together to, to bring, you know, younger people to, um, to the arts in Columbus. And, you know, we met at the Bo Bartlett center and we just sat there and talked about like, how can we do it? Um, and so I know anytime I go in like a gallery or a museum, I'm like, huh? I don't know if I'm dressed for this. And so like, we're trying to create the, the stigma of like, we don't care how you're dressed, you know, just show up and come in and, and enjoy the art. Um, come as you are kind of like, exactly. ho- hopefully churches would be as well. Exactly. Right? And like, you know, when it comes to just speaking like arts in general, not even just trying to get people to, to enjoy it, but getting people involved, I usually always collaborate. Um, I mean, for, we did the uh, MLK video this year because it was COVID. We couldn't have anything in, in thing. And, and they were like, hey, we need a video and we need it fast. And I was like, okay, let's do this. So I called up my buddy Joey Roberts and I said, look, this is the timeline. This is what we got to do. And we together collectively found like some of the best musicians in the city. And some of them happened to be friends, but we were like, we don't want to have to hire someone outside of Columbus. Like we shouldn't have to, because I don't know if you've ever ho- heard Josiah Fivash sing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard Rhea 706. I don't know if you ever heard Mike Grizzly. Um, so getting involved really is as easy as asking, how do I get involved? And most of the time, if, if you're really a go-getter, you won't have a problem with asking. And I grew up a little bit more shy, you know, like, hide behind my mom as I, when I was younger type thing. Or behind your camera. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> and so I can understand, like, you see someone who feels unattainable. Like, I've had people d- direct message me on Instagram and say, hey, how did you get that shot? And I'll explain it to them. They'll go, I didn't think you would respond. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I not? You know, like. You're a local celebrity. <laughs> don't put that on me, please. Please don't put that on me. But, like, even even with Joey, you know, he, he's had that too. Like, oh, I didn't think you'd respond. It's like, no. Like, we want to see Columbus become this thing where it's like, if, I don't care if it's just one of us. But we want one of us to make it out of here and say, that's my home. That's that's where I'm from. And you know, I'm I'm originally from Phoenix City, but I always claim Columbus because it's like you know, not talking bad about Phoenix City, but I feel like Columbus is trying to do that. It's a little more well known, yeah. 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 And it's whether it's because we're so close to Fort Benning or all these movies that are being filmed, I feel like Columbus is like trying to break free, like hey, we have talent here. Yeah. And like, you know, we worked on uh I worked on the Neon Highway. Most a, of, a movie with Bo Bridges. Yeah, the be movie in. with Bo Bridges. But most of those people on that set were from Columbus or were at CSU. So even if they weren't from Columbus, they were involved in a Columbus university. And it's like, that doesn't ever really happen. Like, 
that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, Shape and David, which is um, an in color production, is a local production based here. Yeah. And it's, so it's not just music or photography or it's like we're doing big things. We're making movies here. Yeah. You know, I, I wish we could just change from Columbus, we do amazing to we do movies or something. There like, you go. Yeah. Like something. <laughs> um, well, it's becoming, you know, I mean, Georgia's big time for movies and Columbus is you know, getting on the map. Um, if, we're, if people want to get in touch with you, because apparently you, you answer DMs and stuff, uh, is it Instagram or your website or? or? Um, I can give you my phone number. I do not care. <laughs> but just the easiest way, Instagram, at Trey Walker Studio. Facebook's the same. Website's just TreyWalkerStudio.com. Um, I mean, shoot me a, a message. Shoot me a, a text, a DM. If you want to book a session, go f- go for it. I do portrait work. Um, I think my website kind of doesn't really show that. But I do portrait work. Um, I mean, if you just have a general question about anything, just shoot yeah. me a message. Like, I love a good conversation. Yeah. I mean, even if you want to go sit down and have coffee, I know COVID's a thing. We can wear our mask, you know. <laughs> um, just let me know. I'm I'm always up for that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in, Trey, and uh, I appreciate it and look forward to seeing more of your photos and video and the Firefall documentary in uh, the near future. And uh, good luck with your uh, many adventures in uh, Gibby the Van as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you having me on, and it's been nice being back here at WTBM. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Thank you, Trey. Cool. Really uh, respect uh, my uh, young friend Trey for uh, kind of you know going out, living life to the fullest because you never know uh, when it's going to be your last day here on Earth, and uh, you know that included you know he, he, the way he got married more than a year ago was at some waterfalls in Georgia. So he definitely you know lives a life of adventure, and uh, I'm sure many of us want to as well. Uh, because, you know, you, you only have this one life here on Earth, and no matter, you know, how long it lasts. So go out there and see so many beautiful things across America and across our world. Turning now to our final segments of the podcast, uh, having to do a little bit with a nomad life and also some uh, inspiration uh, from a uh, baseball icon and uh, closing prayer as well. You know, after seeing Nomadland, you kind of get stirred up and kind of curious about what it's like, you know, living the, the nomad life. And there's also uh, something nowadays called digital nomads. These are people that uh, work from home, uh, work remotely, which a lot of people do now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. They're working remotely and they are traveling all across the country while they're doing that because you're able to do that with technology these days. This is a blog called Eby Life, E-B-Y Life. It says, How to Stay Fit and Healthy as a Nomad by Martin Ebner. So he's, uh, you know, he says, what if you're a digital nomad? He's got seven. Seven tips, or ten, but I'm going to give you seven of those, to help you stay fit and healthy while you're living that nomadic lifestyle. He says, number one, have a plan, because if it's not written down in some form or another, it's probably not going to happen in terms of like a workout or something like that, right? So at the very least, you know, put down some days, type of workouts, exercises you're going to do. That's going to create some accountability and some motivation. Next, uh, take a multivitamin. going to help your immune system boost and, and protect your body against any new germs you may encounter as a safety net while you're out there traveling. Uh, also, hit the supermarket. Uh, you know, you're going to have some healthy options there that are you know, close by as a snack, so you'll be far, more likely, far less likely to make poor dietary choices while you're out exploring. 
Next one, make sure your first meal of the day is a healthy one. You know that old expression, start the way you mean to go on. So you'll be encouraged to make some smarter choices as the rest of the day goes on. The next one is find a gym. You can do a little research nowadays online and find the best gyms in that area where you're at before you arrive. Treat yourself to a, a day pass, something sometimes free uh, for the uh, while, while you're there in that certain area. Or you could next one is take your workouts outdoors, as Trey was talking about your new surroundings. You keep fit while you're you're exploring. At the same time, you could walk, run, cycle, swim, ski, surf, snowboard, all all kinds of ways to do that. And the last one, the last tip. Um, from uh, this blogger is travel with some basic workout equipment. So get yourself some light light stuff, not 40-pound kettlebells, uh, so you can work out whenever you want. Things like resistance bands and skipping or, or jump rope, something like that. So the nomadic lifestyle, no excuse to let your health and fitness suffer. That same for when you go on vacation uh, this spring and summer as well. And now to our parting gift, some inspiration for you as uh, I know we got a lot of uh, inspiring stuff from our guest Trey on this podcast as well. Again, you can uh, listen to any previous episodes and listen to Trey talk again on uh, WTVM.com slash podcast. And we, of course, have all these on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple. And we'd love for you to write a review. Tell us what you think about us uh, and be honest. We'd love to hear it. But our parting gift for today comes from Babe Ruth. A legend from the New York Yankees. This is actually from my my calendar. Uh, I have on my desk with some inspiring stuff every day. Babe Ruth says, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. So there you go. Uh, the, The key is don't give up. And uh, maybe you'll beat everybody, you know, it's because if you're the last man, last woman standing uh, for that job or, you know, that, um, you know, workout or whatever race or whatever else, uh, hard to beat you if you never give up. So uh, just be in that space mentally. So. Now closing us in prayer, dear God, I just thank you for just this beautiful world that you give us as we just had Earth Day, but we should celebrate what the the, the places you've given us, the beauty, the beauty that you've created uh, every single day. And uh, Lord God, just give us opportunities to go out and see that more and more, you know, with our family, with our loved ones. And as things open up more and more with the pandemic, God, uh, we just thank you for this world you've given us, that we can bring love and kindness and unity to it and not not hate and, um, and, and not, not dishonor you. And uh, Lord God, we just uh, pray for uh, our families, all those that are listening right now, give them a special touch of protection on their health and on their lives. Uh, we just thank you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And once again, thank you for uh, choosing the Run the Race podcast. Uh, uh, tag us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Use hashtag Run the Race and uh, put a, um, a review on Apple Podcasts there at the bottom of the Run the Race page. We would love to hear from you so we can keep this going and have uh, some really inspiring guests like Trey uh, telling us uh, what he does for a living, some extraordinary things, and and the things he's gotten to see uh, that uh, you know will hopefully inspire others to go out and, and uh, maybe outfit a van or uh, go out and take some photos and videos that they can share with the world just like he's doing. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the week and uh, we'll probably see you in May.